Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, October 30th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And coming from Los Angeles in the House of Destruction, I'm Allison Sheridan. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. House of Destruction. Uh, your your remodel has become legend. I, I hear you do the podcast from a different room every day. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. I'm a mash unit. I can just unplug and plug my dock in. I got diagrams to put it all back together. I can just do it like this. I'm it's, just. It's a like, maps unit. Mobile Allison Podcasting Studio. There you go. <laughs> That's what it feels like. All right. We got a lot to talk about. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. At its hardware event today, Apple announced quite a few things. A MacBook Air with Retina display and Touch ID. Also a Mac Mini with up to 2 terabytes of storage and 64 gigs of RAM. And an iPad Pro with USB-C instead of a lightning port. Also Face ID, but no home button or headphone jack and a new A12 Bionic processor. All three new items are available now to order, shipping starting November 7th. There's also a new Apple Pencil that can charge while magnetically attached to the new iPad Pro. A new keyboard attachment and iOS 12.1 is out. Perhaps you've heard new emoji among lots of other things. Hmm. We'll talk a little bit more about those other things and Apple's events uh, later on in the show. Well, Signal released a beta test of a feature for its messaging app called Sealed Sender. It encrypts most of the plain text header information, so only the recipient can be logged as metadata. This would make it more difficult for Signal to comply with some warrants as it would have to update a user's software to be able to see all the metadata. Interesting way of defending. And the U.S. Department of Commerce has restricted U.S. companies from selling parts and software to China's Fujian Xinhua over national security concerns. The company makes memory chips and devices, and U.S. companies wanting to sell to it now need a license. The Commerce Department says the restriction is meant to limit a threat to the supply chain for essential components in military systems. Reports say Fujian Xinhua is accused of stealing intellectual property from U.S. company Micron. All right, let's talk a little bit more about good news for Nintendo, Allison. The Nintendo Switch sold 3.19 million units last quarter for a total of 22.86 million Switches sold. That actually puts it in front of the six-year run of the GameCube in lifetime sales, even though the Switch has only been out since March of 2017. Overall revenue for Nintendo was 221 billion yen, up 1 billion year over year. And the holiday quarter will see the release of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, and Eevee. Yeah, so they didn't have that many big first-party titles this 
past quarter that they're reporting on. So this that, that bodes well for the holiday quarter. Uh, there's also some third party titles uh, coming out in the holiday quarter. Uh, all in all, ro- rosy picture for Nintendo uh, based on the the strong continued insurgency <laughs> of the Nintendo Switch. What is it about the Switch? What makes it so popular? I think portable. The, yeah, I think the the fact that it's portable and a good game console. Uh, Nintendo has never had to be the best, most powerful game console. So the fact that it's not as powerful as a PS4 doesn't matter to people. They're like, yeah, the Wii wasn't either, but we love the Wii. It's the form factor and the titles. We can play Mario, we can play Zelda, and it's a good form factor, unlike the Wii U, which no one understood. They're like, I I have this big (laughs) tablet, but I don't know what to do with it. The Switch is just a tablet. Okay. Well, and I mean, I, I know not having played it myself personally, but Super Smash Brothers highly anticipated. It seems to me, especially because you see, um, you know, such a spike in uh, sales, particularly with Nintendo in the holiday season, that they're going to have another good quarter ahead. Yeah. Speaking of good quarters, Sony's Q2 profit rose 17%, driven by gaming, which rose particularly 65%. The company also raised its annual profit forecast by 30%, so it's feeling pretty good about the future. Sony expects annual operating profit of 870 billion yen. That beats analyst expectations of 796 billion yen. 310 billion yen of that would come from gaming driven by online and the success of games like God of War and Spider-Man. Sony's semiconductor division expects a yearly increase of 17% to 140 billion yen. And of note, Sony controls more than half of the image sensor market currently. So they're in a good place there. And obviously demand has stayed at least pretty pretty uh pretty good the only downside with the smartphone business which is on course to lose 95 billion yen so not all rosy but overall pretty good quarter for sony the company intends to scale down smartphones but not exit the market entirely yeah it's so to me they didn't even bring up like televisions <laughs> like they don't even make the list of things up or down anymore uh sorry say that again they didn't bring up televisions Right. I mean, so the smartphone business is no longer. We we didn't bring up televisions. You mean just now. Uh, I I did not go look up the television sales. Sony television sales haven't been neither stellar nor awful, which is why I didn't include them here. I apologize for leaving that out. Oh, sorry. I I was thinking maybe they don't they make so little difference in the number that they aren't of note anymore. Yeah, I, I mean. I jokingly call Sony semicon- uh, semiconductor or sensor company Sony because it's the image sensor sales that have really been uh, the thing that leads the way for Sony. Uh, on the other hand, this quarter and these projections, I might jokingly call it a gaming company because gaming <laughs> is leading the way. Uh, you know, don't forget Sony Pictures Entertainment often is is showing up as as one of the most positive things uh, in in these earnings as well, depending on how well the Sony Pictures movies are doing so just just because we didn't mention it doesn't mean it's doing badly uh it's just that sensors gaming those are the big things and smartphones <laughs> definitely not the big thing for sure. <laughs> okay sorry to mislead then well i mean there was a time that sony was i mean at least you know it, what what i was buying like the coolest tv ever it was like you get a sony television right and the market is just different now uh, yeah it's sony what what gets highlighted in a quarterly earnings for Sony is not what would have gotten highlighted 10 years ago. So it's interesting to see that, that market shift. And also interesting that Sony is 
not exiting the smartphone market, but certainly saying, listen, we're not putting we're not putting a lot of R&D behind this right now because we've got other aspects of our business that are that are doing quite well. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Twitter. Twitter released data showing that since it increased the character count of posts to 280, only 1% of tweets reached the limit and 12% are longer than the old limit of 140. Only 5% are longer than 190 characters. Before the limit, the most common length of a tweet was 34 characters. Now, after the increase, the most common length is 33 characters. That's so weird. Yeah. So, I mean, you could say, oh, it went down, but it pretty much just didn't change. You know, 34 yeah. to 33, that's margin of error, right? Twitter did note there are fewer abbreviations. So GR8 for great is down 36%. <laughs> B and the number four for before is down 13%. While the spelling out the word great is now up 32% and spelling out before is up 70%. Also, they note the use of the word please has risen 54% and the use of the word thank you has risen 22%. Whether that's satirical or not is impossible to say without sentiment analysis. Uh, however, overall tweets are receiving more replies. So it seems like raising the, 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 ca- the, the character count really just had an impact on abbreviations. People stopped abbreviating things, but otherwise mostly wrote what they would have written anyway. Well, we've been trying to find ways to increase civil discourse. Apparently, we just needed more characters to do it. That's all that was really necessary, right? Yeah, I was one of those people when Twitter decided to to expand the character limit. It's like, oh, you know, I remember the good old days when it was 140 or nothing. You just had to figure it out. You know, like brevity. Yeah. And GR, the number eight for great. However, it is kind of freeing to not have to think about that as much. And I've definitely run across that, especially when I'm, I don't know, I've, I, I just wanted to like write a whole sentence. Um, and maybe that sentence is long. So, yeah, the, the difference between um, ad, uh, having to save a few characters by using kind of, I don't know, weird text, lead speak, whatever you want to call it, and not having to do that at least as much is kind of nice. It is interesting to me, though, that even though Twitter said, okay, you now have twice as many characters as you had before, that really tweets are still quite short. Now, Twitter has also introduced over the years, and this isn't new, but, you know, the link that you that you add is not uh, included in your character limit. And Mm -hmm. and, you know, the the company has made it easier to get your point across while also adding media to your tweet. So that's a little bit of it as well. But oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's, I guess I guess the you know, the the old school person in me is sort of happy that things haven't changed too much at Twitter. I love the idea of data analysts who went to, uh, you know, got a master's in data analysis and they're sitting there counting how many times did people spell it GR8? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just a database search, right? Like, uh, yeah. let's, let's. I also, I also minutes. love the, the stat of please and thank you. I'm sure some people are just being polite and great. You know, politeness is on the rise. Sounds great, but it's like, what were those tweets actually saying? Are you really thanking somebody? You know, are you quoting a movie? I don't know. Well, moving along, Uber announced a subscription service called RidePass. For a monthly fee, all rides have a flat rate, which Uber estimates will save riders 15% on monthly travel. The app will also keep tabs on how much you've saved. Drivers get paid the usual rates. The plan costs $15 a month in Austin, Orlando, Denver, and Miami, but where we live, $25 a month in Los Angeles, where it also includes free bike and scooter access. And I've really been looking into this stuff because I have a car lease that's up in March. 
And I'm, I'm really trying to weigh my options because getting another lease would be the most expensive option that I could choose. <laughs> but then it, you know, affords you some flexibility that is important to me. I have a dog too. Um, and I don't know how many Ubers want my dog in the backseat, but this is interesting, especially because surge pricing is a, you know, that's a real problem for me, depending on the time of day. Cause I live in LA. So this is not as affordable as it would be if I lived in Austin. Um, but 25 bucks a month for something that is never going to spike during surge pricing, that would save me a lot of money. I've taken a trip from, you know, one side of the city to the other, you know, at, at, at off peak times, you know, for, I don't know, 15 bucks. And during peak time, for like 50. It really makes a difference. If you're riding a, a Uber a lot yeah. or you know any ride hailing service. This this is really for people who just use Uber all the time in a yeah. city. I because, you know, if I travel to Las Vegas, this plan isn't going to help me, right? Like, you know, and I generally end up using Uber and Lyft when I travel. Uh so mm-hmm. it's 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 an unusual thing for people to benefit from this plan, especially because Uber's covering the differential of the cost by giving a flat rate out to people. So you're paying and then you're paying for each ride. It's not like you get the rides for free. It's not an all you can eat subscription. Uh, And so Uber must think it's going to make more money in people paying for a plan that doesn't end up saving them money or they wouldn't do it. So it, it really always, these kinds of things sound like a bad deal to me. (laughs) Well, I, th- I think, Tom, you and I are the same, that we mostly use it on travel. But I think, like Sarah mentions, a lot of people are just not having cars now or sending – I, I know people who send their kids to school. They go in Ubers. That's how they do it. So if you can corner them to say, oh, well, it's better for me to get – I've already got this pass. Let me use Uber instead of Lyft or Uber instead of hitching a ride with somebody else that might be less convenient. So well, you would probably get more more rides from someone who had this past. Again, I'm not saying you couldn't benefit from it, but Uber wouldn't be putting in place if they didn't think most people won't benefit from it because it wouldn't be making any money otherwise. But if they do more rides, they make it up in volume. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's unassailable logic. What, what had to happen. Yeah. Had to happen. Canada's Interaxon introduced an update to its meditation assistant called Muse that you wear like a headband. It monitors brain waves to give you feedback as you meditate. The Muse 2 arrived Tuesday with the addition of heart rate and body movement monitoring, as well as a dashboard to track progress. The Muse 2 costs $249. So, you know, the, those apps on your on your watch, like Apple has one called Breathe, uh, and there are others out there for various watches that kind of remind you to relax. You know, there are mm-hmm. various ones. Some are full-on meditation. Others are, are like the Apple ones, just kind of kind of a, a, a light version of meditation. This is for somebody who's really trying to, to double down on it. And from what I've read, they definitely help focus you but they can also be distracting because they play sounds. And if your mind starts to wander and it notices an increase in brainwave activity, it'll play the sound louder to kind of drown out your thoughts, I guess, which sounds distracting to me. But it, it, I, I thought it was interesting as a different kind of wearable. I think it's, uh, I, I love the idea that you're trying to be mellow and, and, and really, you know, meditate and Zen and all that. And you're watch you're dealing with metrics about whether you're doing it correctly. I mean, that's what I'd love. But then again, I don't meditate because I like. Being- yeah. I don't know enough about meditation, um, to, 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 to know if, yeah, this would, the headband idea, this seems like probably it's convenient to wear, but isn't meditation, in the eye of the beholder a bit. I, I don't know that 
there's a wrong way to meditate as long as you're well if it doesn't finding relax the zen you. within yourself yeah it's i don't think this is about some like you know mystical process that you have to get right <laughs> it's about can you can you get it to help you relax and right. and usually that's just deep breathing and trying to clear your mind and what this does is it monitors that and says hey you're on the right track keep going and it's trying to keep you in a relaxed frame of mind so it it may help it's also a headband you have to put on that's going to leave a mark on your head for 20 minutes. So don't do it right before you have a presentation or something, even though you need to relax. Do it. <laughs> or do and be like, I am ready for this presentation. Yeah, you can tell I've by been the meditating. Mark See? On my head. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Allison, I was able to find uh, the uh, TV sales uh, oh, fell good. 25% compared to last year. So not great, right. actually. Yeah. Not as bad as the phones, but not great. I have a beautiful Sony UHD TV that I love, but I think I'm the only one who bought one. Yeah, it's LG, Samsung. They're they're PCL. leading ways these days. Yeah, PCL's yeah, PCL's taking yeah. over in yeah. the budget area. Vizio. Oh, yeah, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. So, as Sarah mentioned at the top of the show, Apple had their big announcement today: new iPad Pro, new Mac Mini, and a MacBook Air. Three products that took them 90 minutes to announce, plus a few other announcements. There's, uh, you know, things that we didn't mention. Uh, there is a new AMD Radeon Pro Vega graphics option for the MacBook Pro coming November 14th. Uh, supposedly, it'll give you a 60% boost on performance. Blackmagic is putting out a new enclosure for using the Radeon Pro Vega as an external GPU with your MacBook Pros. Uh, the dual SIM has got problems if you're on Verizon in the US. Uh, the You can have a dual SIM where one SIM is the primary and the other is the secondary. Verizon's hard SIM, not the eSIM, but the actual card, doesn't do well in the United States on secondary. It drops you down to 2G. Uh, so that's something to know. Verizon hopes that can get fixed soon. Those are just m- minor things, though. But what, uh, let me let me interject one thing. When you brought up the eGPUs, those also work on the MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay. No, I, I wasn't trying to Sorry. give an exhaustive list of every item it worked with. I, I just said, it, you know, it would, it would work the Macs. Uh, but let's start with that. Is, is that one of the things that, that you're excited about is, is the MacBook Air? Um, actually, yeah, I, I did want to make fun of Tim Cook first, because even though I have an ever so slight Apple bias, I did think it was a, a comical how excited he tried to get us that they put a retina display in it. Retina display. Well, I mean, were- that is exciting, because that's what kept me from buying a MacBook Air when I got my last Pro, is because oh, I, I had already seen the Retina and I just couldn't go back. And it, it surprises me it took them this long. Oh, 100%. But it's the it took so long. I mean, Retina was coined eight years ago. Six years ago, it went into the 12-inch. Uh, it was the first time it was uh, introduced in a Mac. So, of course, they needed to do it. But, I mean, he was like, ta-da! Like he, you know, invented right. fire. We're late! <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, 
you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com/claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com/tapiphone. <laughs> can I admit something that that may be embarrassing? Yeah. I, I didn't watch. Okay. Um, I, well, let uh, me get you excited then. Uh, if, I, if, if, if I might embarrass myself as well, and I did a headlines this morning, which was extremely Apple event-based, I didn't watch either because I preferred to watch the live blogs because mm-hmm. that's actually, it was better use of my time for information. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and, and, and it paid off. I was a little worried that there might be something really cool to happen on stage, but it, it sounds like really it was, these, these are just spec announcements for the Mac mini and the MacBook air. And they're interesting. So the Mac mini I is four years old. So it needs something. Stuff? You the- guys are stuck in all the fun out here, guys. Come <laughs> on. No, there was some really cool stuff. Okay. Let's, let's go through this. The, the things that aren't just spec bumps. Um, one of the biggest things about the MacBook air I thought was interesting. This was that they put touch ID in it, but did not put the touch bar in it. Mm-hmm. So that it used to be touch bar was the so only nobody really touch likes ID. the touch bar. There's one new spec was added, but not another. Got it. Okay. <laughs> How about the fact that it's 100% recycled aluminum and so are the Mac minis. And the way they get the metal to do that is by when they're grinding out the iPads. So they're making so many iPads that the leftover shrapnel of aluminum is being used to make MacBook Airs and Mac minis. I mean, I thought yes. that was cool. There's no way I'm going to be like, that's not cool. That that's is the cool. kind of thing that's cooler when you see it on a presentation than when you hear about it. But no, still interesting. I think it's still interesting. Yeah. Also, I, I doesn't thought it change. Was amazing. It doesn't cha- affect my purchase decision, though. Okay. Keep it coming. Actually, keep it coming. I, uh, okay. Yeah. Keep going, Allison. <laughs> we're, we're just, just we're playing devil's like advocate here. We're all very excited. Well, and, and, and part yeah. of the reason is I didn't get to the end. I said it was a, it was it's mostly spec bumps for the Mac Mini and the MacBook Air. iPad Pro, I think, is a, a significant product. I think this is an impressive product because it's it's. Well, you, I could I could be snarky with myself and say, well, these are all just specs. It's a new chip. It's Face ID. It's a, you know, it's a significantly smaller form factor. Uh, it's a much improved keyboard. Even though the pencil is more expensive, and you have to buy it just for the iPad Pro, uh, the new one. It it the fact that it's magnetic uh, and seems like it locks pretty solid and charges while it's connected, I think is fantastic. So the iPad Pro is the one that really caught my eye out of these announcements. Yeah. I actually, I, I was the you? most excited about the Mac Mini, to be honest, because I've been thinking about getting one, but they were so long in the tooth before I kept holding out because I actually think that 
having a Mac mini rather than the setup that I have currently will free up a lot of desk space for me. And actually, I mean, two terabytes of storage is like, that's actually going to be super helpful for a lot of projects that I do. And I, you know, 800 bucks, you know, it's not nothing, but it, that's, that, that is in my wheelhouse of affordability. Um, and I, 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 I was most excited about that because I got an external monitor that I'm not using and, um, the MacBook Air, probably not going to get one. Although if I do go back to the Air, cause I'm currently using the Pro, uh, this is, it's more attractive than ever. The iPad Pro though, that is, it's turning into a device that I do not need but I really want <laughs> at the risk of being told it was dumb. Um, the two things I thought were interesting on the iPad pro, the 10.5 inch iPad pro became an 11 inch screen, but kept the same external mm-hmm. size mm-hmm. and the bigger iPad, they took the 12.9 inch screen. It's still a 12.9 inch screen, but it's 15% thinner and 25% less volume. So a lot of people like the 12.9 inch size when they're using it, but it's a pain to carry around. 25% less volume. That's going to be huge to me. I, my, the 12.9 is my iPad of choice. Being able to go down in size and keep that huge screen is going to be huge to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, puns intended. The other thing, you mentioned Face ID, but it's not just Face ID, Tom. It's Face ID in all four orientations. It's not just, just people were worried, maybe just be in portrait mode, which would have been stupid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yet a lot of people use it to read magazines and to read uh, comic books in, in that mode. Now it's in landscape, but they, this was better on video. They showed them rotating it and said, going like, it doesn't matter what you do with it. It's always right side up. So all four orientations is huge. Um, what I wanted to ask you guys, they said it was that the new MacBook, or iPad Pro, I should say, is faster than 92% of PCs, including i7s. And I wanted to ask you... Well, but in, in what capacity? You know, it, like, it, what are the details of that? Is it faster than an Xbox, uh, the right. Xbox One? I thought he said it was faster than... Um, <clears throat> he said uh, it was... As, he said the PC iPad laptops. was... He said it was as powerful as the Xbox One S. The, the, uh, the GPU. Anyway, on that order anyway. I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, those kind of comparisons I'm always skeptical of because there's lots of ways to slice those numbers that don't look as nice. But the comparison to the Xbox One S, I think, is the one that's fair to say like, hey, this tablet computer is the same as a game console, which is a a good way of kind of trying to boost your game cred to say like, if you've been thinking of your iPad as as a way to play games, but you're like, man, but it's not as powerful. Well, guess what? It is as powerful as this particular game console. So that's a good comparison to me. I don't think that the iPad Pro is necessarily the most powerful, you know, saying it's more powerful than 92% of PCs maybe an irrelevant stat because if I want a more powerful PC at close to the same size as a laptop, I can get it. I can get a more powerful surface. Uh, the surface, you know, arguably is cheaper for the power, depending on how you configure it. All of that stuff is just, that's when you want to win an argument against your, your friend, you come up with those stats. All I care about is, can it do the thing I want to do? And the iPad pro looks like it does a lot more things than it, than it used to. What's that? It's interesting to me that it's even in that league to have that kind of a debate. And, yeah, and I, I, I think that's more important than than trying to come up with stats is this is a more credible laptop replacement than an iPad has ever been in the past. Another thing they said was that you can drive an external display with it. Yeah, because it's USB-C. That's the biggest. I think that was the one thing that caught my eye out of this whole announcement is finally we're getting USB-C in an Apple product. Uh, and maybe we can all someday just live on the same port 
surface and I can have one charger in every room and everything connects by USB-C and everything interconnects rather than having the dongle verse we live in now. Well, I thought it was interesting, too, in in the context of before the show, we were talking about how I'm using a little uh, USB device called a uh, Luna uh, that allows me to use my uh, iPad as a display, but I get the new iPad Pro, it's the other way around. It's the processor and the computer, and I'm going to use my display as a second display. I thought that was was interesting. And I did think you mentioned it, um, the fact that it does magnetic charging is, is really cool, but it's really cool in the context of not really stupid to walk around with an iPad with a pencil sticking out of the side. Yeah. That makes uh, it way cooler. And and I get the impression because of the number of magnets they have in there that it will stick pretty well versus the original Surface Book that I had that it had a magnet for its 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 stylus, but it fell off all the time. And, you know, a, a nice stiff wind would blow it off. So so this looks like it's better. We'll see how it ends up in testing. But uh, it yeah, it is annoying that you can't use the pencil if you already bought the pencil from the old one on the new one. I hate it when you don't have cross compatibility, but it sounds like it might be worth it this time. Wait a minute. Did they say you can't use the old one on the new one? Uh, I guess it's the other way around. You can't use the pencil two on the previous iPads, right? And there's something about you also can't magnet magnet charge and attach your old pencil to the new iPad. Yeah, you would have no way to charge it at all. In fact, how is there any way to charge it other than through the iPad? I mean, you guys are really missing uh, the most exciting part of the uh, event today, and that's that iOS 12.1 finally is going to allow group FaceTime for up to 32 people. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> I mean, we, we buried the lead. When's the party? <laughs> the 35-person FaceTime party, you mean? Well, when the uh, – 32 oh. times, don't be stupid. Uh, when, uh, when they came up with the announcement that was coming out, that was right when the Apple Mail servers went down, and I thought, I can't really afford to – try to do an update to 12.1 right before going on the show. So I did not do that yet, but I'm actually yeah, looking forward to it. And the main reason is for audio. So Steve and I cram into the little uh, screen on my phone to look at our grandson. And when he talks, it's about 8,000 decimals to me because it's right next to my yeah, ear right. and me to him. So it'd be really nice to be on separate phones. So I am super looking forward to multiple people, possibly not 32 though. <laughs> well, very cool. Yeah, uh, lots of Apple announcements today. Um, you know, hopefully the company's done for the year. My goodness. Uh, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. I'm just kidding, Apple people. Just kidding. Uh, if you have Apple stories or any other story at all, you know what you do? Submit those stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Also on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. What's in the mailbag, Sarah? Oh, glad you asked, Tom. Aaron actually added some perspective on practical app access via subscription. We were talking about the idea of Google possibly adding a subscription model to Google Play. Aaron says, I use Amazon's free time subscription for my family currently, provides apps, books, videos, and content controls. The interesting thing about the Android and Amazon app experiences is that most of the apps are supported by advertising. Highly off-putting, especially because the contents of advertisements can't be chosen or monitored like the apps themselves can. One of the primary benefits of the subscription is the content and experience management. There are no advertisements in the subscription apps. There can be in-app purchases. Applications seem to be better vetted for content stability. Along with the Fire 10 tablets, price, and performance value, it makes for a good experience for our needs as a family. I'd be curious to see if Google is aiming for something similar or taking another approach. Aaron says... 
It's effective for integrating people into your ecosystem. I really didn't want to be in the Amazon ecosystem. I prefer Google Home and the Chromecast and Google Home Minis. I don't like that I can't integrate the two. However, I'm about to purchase more smart home devices like a camera and a doorbell and the like. Unfortunately, it seems that I'll have to choose an ecosystem. Odd as it seems, though, the Amazon FaceTime subscription, actually, or (laughs) free time subscription, rather, has introduced a consideration for the Amazon ecosystem I would not have previously entertained. Interesting, uh, interesting take and an interesting comparison of that Amazon ecosystem as, as potentially a, a sort of roadmap for what Google might do. Yeah, thanks so much, Aaron. Uh, really good, really good feedback. And thanks also to Allison Sheridan for being back on the show. Even though your house is in upheaval, you always <laughs> you always bring the knowledge. Let folks know where they can keep up with your work. Well, uh, I'm over at podfeet.com. I have uh, many podcasts there. And one of the things I wanted to make sure Tom heard about in particular and everybody, the latest uh, episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond Light was with a former NASA engineer named Darren Beyer, who is now turned into a science fiction author. He's written uh, two of his four books of the Ngazi series. And his, uh, his tagline is bring science back to science fiction. Nice. I love that. I can't wait to listen. Super cool Very to cool. talk to him about uh, about his time as a NASA engineer it was absolutely amazing. Really, really cool. Sounds really fun. Uh, go check it out, folks. Podfeet.com. And uh, also check out patreon.com slash DTNS. We have a special bonus post from Threatwire today. Shannon Morse at Threatwire has an extended explanation, both in audio and in text, about the exemptions to the DRM from the U.S. Library of Congress. So if you're a subscriber over there at any level, you can uh, take a listen or read that at patreon.com slash DTNS. If you have feedback for us, guess what? We have an email address. It's feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. And by the way, that Shannon Morris that I was just mentioning, she's on the show tomorrow. Woo! This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.